All right, everybody, welcome back to yet another episode of the Streaking Lawn Podcast. Talking about a pretty good win last night, and as promised, I have Caroline here. I have Paul back. Hey, how are we doing? Hey, everybody? hey, it's yeah. a it was a late game, guys. I'm a little tired. I'm not gonna lie to you, but I'm yeah. a team player, and I know you know promises were made yesterday on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, how's, how's the hospitality set up at the the Greensboro tournament? It's good. They, there's like a um, like one of the few bars breweries across like near the stadium that they kindly let us come in and drink beer and order pizzas. So not a bad setup. Um, it's just Pretty everything good. is so late. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Pretty good way to celebrate a win. A little late night famous yeah. that famous Greensboro pizza. It was, it's a pretty good pizza. I gotta tell you what. Um, Preston Willett from uh, CBS ordered Don't incriminate pepperoni pizza. No, he ordered this like pepperoni pizza. So last night, two nights ago, I don't know what time is. Time is a flat circle. Um, I ordered a cheese pizza, but they were so backed up that by the time like we were like, okay, we're done, we gotta leave. It's like two, you know, like one thirty or whatever. Um, I never got the pizza. So sorry to the pizza man who made that for me. But that's tragic. I left. So it was nice to have a piece of delightful pepperoni pizza at about 1.45 this morning, um, which wasn't, that's the thing. It's like you, you've got time to have like two beers. So it's not even like people are going crazy in there. It's just like yeah. everyone knows it's been a long day and you're like, I would like to just have a beer. <laughs> anyway, woo. Yeah. Basketball, guys. Basketball. Uh, UVA beats Clemson 76 to 56 in the ACC tournament semifinals. Now uh, is set for a con a ACC championship uh, against Duke tonight at what is it 8:30? 8:30. Um, 8:30. So another relatively late game. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, pretty dominant performance for for UVA yesterday. Played close for most of the first half. It was 29-25 with four minutes left in the first half. Then Virginia proceeded to go on a 21 to two run essentially over the next. 10 minutes of gameplay and run away with it. Uh, Caroline, I'll start with you since you weren't on yesterday. Um, feeling good? Feeling groovy? What are the vibes? Vibes are immaculate right now. Um, it's just, this is the best that they've looked offensively since Vegas. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a combo of a few things. Like, you know, you with the Ben injury situation, which is just, it's devastating. And if anyone's reaction is anything, but like, it's really sucks for that guy. Like, yeah, get your priorities checked. Um, and it's created a situation in which guys like have to step up. Jaden has to be a better passer. And he's shown that in the last couple games. And that's been, that probably was my takeaway from last night. Jaden was a man possessed. Like he yeah. scored, he scored in multiple ways, including an alley-oop. No, it was more like a lay-in alley but those are fun too. Um, but it's just, this team looks like they're having fun right now, which I think is important. And Caden has taken this second opportunity, like he's coming off the bench aggressive, um, not in so much in a, like he's going to pick up a bunch of fouls way. Like he fouled out last night, but um, I think he took a few more fouls and he recalled because now, that dude was covered in scratches in the yeah. post game, like, like just fresh red welts and like bleeding marks on his arms and stuff. And you're like, how are you doing? Um, but it's just, they've looked and the defense has looked 
maybe the best I've seen in all season. Like, yeah. They, just the rotations are really good. The communication's really good. The recoveries are really good. Like, it's just, and when you get combos, like you said, I think in your post this morning or last night, again, time runs together. Um, when you have the ability to run like Dunn and Shedrick, yeah, again, like that, that's paying dividends. And um, James had some really great defense. I mean, we've seen James, James been really solid. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, we talk about the, the speaking of Duke, like the game last year that he had. Um, and yeah, it's been, yeah, vibes are great. I think there's gonna be a lot of UVA fans that have rolled down since um, yesterday, waiting to see if they made the championship game. There's gonna be a ton of Duke fans. Um, and I can't see any storylines in which this could get spicy at all. No, so, definitely not. No. Um, <laughs> Paul, uh, we talked yesterday sure. after the UNC win. Um, did you see anything particularly different, either positive, probably positive, or negative against Clemson? Or do you think it just the team is on a roll right now? I think the yeah, I, I mentioned that there was sort of a, a first first few minutes of sort of timidity or uncertainty against Carolina of sort of what are we – Okay, we we know intellectually what we're going to do without Vanderplas, but now how are we going to how are we going to implement that on the court? Uh, and I think we kind of didn't see that last night. There, there was a more of a natural start to um, you know a, a, and kind of continuity throughout the game of we know what we're trying to do, we know what the game plan is, um, and not just at a mental level, but also at, a, at an implementation level. Uh, so I, I thought that was extremely positive. The the ability of of uh, I think Franklin continues to be one of the more underrated defenders on the team. Like Hunter Tyson, you know, he he was able to come off some screens and get some good looks at three. But Franklin, I think, has has shown a lot of uh, length and athleticism on the defensive end, um, as well as playing. You know, it's we we talk about stretch fours all the time. He's playing almost like a stretch two. Like I don't know what to call of, of the like. <laughs> Getting, getting under the basket, getting rebounds, getting those interior passes and becoming more of a um, kind of a three-level threat in that way that, that we've seen him drive and pull up for jumpers. We've seen him, you know, obviously, uh, you know, not just be a float around the perimeter looking for the shot from out there. So I think that's been one of one of the keys is like, yes, you're, you're losing Vanderplas, but somebody who's already getting minutes is finding a way to make those minutes have more of an impact on the inside in some of those spots that where you would have wanted Vanderbosch to contribute. His cuts, man, have gotten so good. His backdoor cuts last night were just in some of the passes. I think they were getting a little bit more. I think I've just got lacrosse brain, but um it seems like they're a little bit will- not crazy willing to take a lot of risks or like risk turnovers and whatever, but it seems like they're willing to try and push things a little bit, like hit the ball into different pockets, you know, especially running sides when they're coming off someone. It's beautiful. The actions were beautiful and different. So like every time that they were in sides, you'd get a different outcome. You know, you'd have 10 different things that they switch up and do. And so defending it has become extremely difficult. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. been it's been cool to see. And I think like the way that I know Reese was relatively quieter offensively, just two for eight, four points, but seven assists. Kihei had four. Um, you know, those guys, their experience in this offense is really pretty obvious. And and it's it's really nice to sort of um be able to put them in positions. And I put up another 
a secondary story from last night this morning where like Kihei talked about just like being able to wear teams down in sides and then sort of yeah. as uh, Tony pointed out being able to um run an offense and set sort of structures for the guys but then trusting them to be able to play out of it and not only sort of play within the scheme but also make the scheme better by their presence and by their with their uh, experience and execution of it which especially in a, in a tournament where it's just one day one day turnarounds game to game it's hard for other coaches to accurately prepare their team or effectively appear prepare their team to play against especially because UVA hasn't been playing sides all season and they weren't when they played Duke last time for instance they were against Clemson which is why you saw Clemson trying to run through every single pin down screen that UVA set and then Brad Brownell screaming about um, screens being illegal but yeah I mean it's crazy that this offense is like they they only made six threes last night like yeah it was 35 percent because they only they took 17 which I guess is a an average number but and then 62 percent from the line no i'm just saying like only this is this is what i said in a story like (laughs) imagine if they got hot imagine if they actually started like making outside shots you know not that they haven't but imagine if armand went four for six instead of one for four in this game favorite for the tournament i mean you know you're absolutely right it's just a um the what i appreciate is so Right. Well, and that's part of it. Like, so, like I said, one point in the second half, they were up at like 1.5 points per possession. And that was not yeah. with a ton of threes being made. No. Like they were just efficient in running the stats. And, get, and so the last time that they really hit or were, and obviously they didn't finish at 1.5. That's an absurd number, but even at 1.2, 1.3, most of the second half, that kind of thing. 1.345 um, in the second half, which is ridiculous. Insane. And those are numbers like when they did that stuff in Vegas against Baylor and Illinois, um, those were mostly, that was a lot of threes. They had yeah. huge three ball contributions. Exactly. And so it's one of those things where like they've adapted, they're using the things. And honestly, a couple, and this goes back to um the UNC game and yeah. you know credit to UNC for making some clutch shots on the stretch well it was just um RJ Davis right. yeah. but <laughs> he was single-handedly keeping them in that game but the looks and the action to get the looks has been so good that you can't I can't even be mad at the ones that they've missed because they barely missed good looks and you're like okay some of those have fallen now or will fall or like it's just one of those it's like you got a good, you got a great shot out of the set. Right. And that's what Tony Ben always talks about. It's not necessarily like it can still be a great shot if it doesn't go in. Like right. it is that's just kind of you know, and so there were a couple of those last night where they ran really good actions. And I'm always I'm a firm believer in um getting someone, like especially a three-point shooter, uh, if they you know haven't shot it in a while or whatever, get them a shot that's right before the buzzer, whether it's you know, like uh, you know, the yeah. shot clock. They, they can't, can't think. They cannot think about it. Like you get it and it's muscle memory. And by the way, uh when did uh Cathro become Mr. Sling the Pass around? Yeah. <laughs> like, Two assists for threes. Yeah. That yeah. was incredible. Yeah. And I think like you do still need to get arm on his four threes again, McNeely, his three to four. Um, Kihei was three for six from three. He had a really sort yeah, of, uh, we talked, Paul and I talked about him yesterday, sort of being a little bit quiet offensively, especially as a scorer. Yeah. Um, but then 13 points, four assists, just one turnover, four for eight from the field, three for six from three, two for two from the line. Could have had, could have had more points to be paid attention. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Which was my, honestly, my favorite, one of my favorite moments of the tournament because everyone, 
everyone in that building yeah. except for sweet sweet kihei clark who had the ball was like thought, imagine like, that happened in the elite no eight. Oh god don't say things <laughs> like that also by the way <laughs> they had they had the acc network on at the hospital at the brewery across the street so it's like two in the morning it's like running and then they started unbelievable <laughs> So uh, we know there's only a couple people <laughs> still watching right now and we know who they are. And we know who they knew their audience. And so it was very funny to like see even without sound, I like I don't know. I'm not saying like I know every word type thing, but when it gets yeah. to my favorite scene of that thing is when Ty, Kyle, and Dre are all like, Oh, I would have shot it. Oh, I would have <laughs> shot it. <laughs> it's my favorite part. But yeah, like he hey just yeah, he's he does he's Isn't done it, well it, in Go ahead, go ahead, Paul. No, those are the, I was going to say, the two most animated moments we've seen from Tony Bennett so far have been first in the Carolina game when Kihei got flattened by Pete Nance's butt. Ha, I see. Two podcasts in a row talking about Pete Nance's butt. I told you we could do it. Uh, was was Kihei, Kihei getting flattened and Tony coming pretty much out to the three-point line. And then I think Tony actually was trying to go get the ball from Kihei to shoot it. He could have uh, called a timeout. He could have called a timeout. Like, that's where I, I, I The I'm only other, the only other time like I've seen not. Tony, the only other time I remember seeing him that far out on the floor was was a Virginia Tech game a couple of years ago that he was chewing somebody out for an end of the first half possession. But this was – this was, it's just it, – you know, we got that um, – uh, those of us who were watching the broadcast got to see, um, you know, they, they showed the clip of, of Kihei and Tony after a timeout and Kihei's doing stuff on the whiteboard with him. And, and they really showed it as sort of a, a coach on the floor moment. But I, I think that that's, that, you know, that, that's, that's the kind of relationship that a, a coach can have with almost any fifth or sixth or ninth year player. Um, <laughs> but the, the, I think those are those, those two moments of, of, Tony getting so animated when Kihei very obviously got fouled and didn't get called, but then also having that almost like a teammate reaction to Kihei doing <laughs> something so stupid um, in, in last night's game. I think those those are actually the more telling of what that relationship between the two of them was like. Yeah, the look on Kihei's face was one of the funniest things I've ever seen because he, the second that- Oh, he knew- he hears the team, and that's the thing, like, why they wouldn't call a timeout, because there was no indication that he didn't realize that there was no timeout. Like, those in... things where it's like, yeah. oh, okay, like, you know. And so he knows you what he's doing. Two, yeah, you hear two or three teammates being like, get it up! <laughs> and he's holding and the ball. In the like, split, yeah, in that split second before the buzzer goes, he starts to turn and look at the bench, like, what the hell are you guys freaking why out about? Calm down. <laughs> And it's it is very much one million percent easier for Tony Bennett or us to like laugh about these things when it's a twelve point game at the half and you've been manhandling your opponent. So obviously this is a very different. Like I don't think I, it's I look I won't be very different. I don't think he would have like chewed him out or yelled at him instead of laughing and patting him on the chest. But it is much easier to be like <laughs> you know oh ha ha how cute. <laughs> when oh like, little Kihei doesn't know what oh, he's doing. Kihei, the look on his face was just so priceless. And yeah. they really, I don't know how much translates um, or has translated in the past two games from watching on TV, but the, when I talk about like, it just looks like they're having fun. It's also so, this sounds so cheesy. It's so supportive. Like there's a play, you can actually see it on the Virginia highlights from UNC and it's the one where 
you know, I think Kihei passes it to Reese, who has a like baseline lane. It looks like Reese could take get a pretty good but tough like reverse layup, and he passes it to Capro, who dunks it. And if you watch Kihei, he does the like double fist pump, like just he's just so <laughs> stoked that like just very simple. And like throughout the game, you can watch them and like the point to between Kihei and Jaden after the alley oop layup thing. Like their yep. moment yeah, was, yeah. was great, and you and you see these Jane's face supporting. that they showed afterwards, where he was just like smirking, like <laughs> yeah, that was that was a confidence thing. That that was one of yeah. the most important takeaways to me from that from from that last night's game was that getting up on the right on the border, if not over, from confidence into cocky of of we are. We not just we know what we're doing, but we're stunting on these fools. And and having that like, haha, if it's gonna be this easy, we're gonna have some fun. And it's it really is it, they're not having to to struggle for everything. They're playing a little bit looser. And you know, they're gonna need that against a, a very stepped up opponent that's had another day to see yeah. how they're how they're operating in a BVP list, you know, lineup. Yeah. yeah. And, and that dude that you guys said Duke Length, like Oh my god, it's just all arms and legs out there. They're so long. And if Proctor's gonna shoot like that, like look, this is it's they they could be a final four team, dude. Yeah. If um, they play like they did last night, and obviously like Miami was missing pieces like in the interior and um whatever, but that Duke's playing really, really well right now. Yeah, and, and that'll you know, we'll just go ahead and fully transition over to previewing Duke tonight. Us. Yeah, look at us look seamlessly. At um, <laughs> nine in the morning. That's seamless. seamless. It's not it was, seamless. It was smooth until you said something. Yeah. I know. Okay. <laughs> Kid messing it up. Anyway. Um, talking you guys, about... that was really good. We're like talking about Duke now. This is great. <laughs> it's crazy how that happened. Um, anyway, uh, Duke beat Miami last night in a pretty close game until maybe the it was exciting yeah it yeah. was a very good game i was yeah okay beat them by 7 85 78 it is closer than that um but it was a little it was a little over officiated in the middle stretch of the second half that kind of yeah. like changed the in like maybe the middle <gasps> in to a late Duke game no <laughs> it was just a bit this is gonna surprise you guys it was a very inconsistent refereeing evening yet again in the acc um <laughs> where you're like what that was bad, but that wasn't yeah um yeah. but yeah it felt closer than the eight points that it was at the end and that's another one where duke hit a couple clutch shots late where it's like okay that was a dagger from roach like right yeah it's tough i, I think um i think paul might have mentioned this in the before the show but i do think that like they this is the game we're not having bvp could come back to bite them not that like his you know presence wouldn't have helped in the last two games it probably definitely would have um but not having that stretch shooter to pull the filipowski and well not the filipowski filipowski and lively out of the paint especially when that's where uv has been doing much of their most of their damage especially as they haven't sort of really gotten hot from three um although last night was the first game since january 30th that they shot over 33 percent from three um but yeah, I don't know. It, th- th- there's like this matchup is scary. UVA also held Kyle Filipowski to zero points in Charlottesville just over a month ago. So he'll probably be, you know, raring to go. Um, Paul, w- w- initial thoughts on the on the matchup? 
Yeah, my initial thought are what are the redshirt rules and can Trout play tonight but keep his redshirt for the I had a dream that he played. I had a dream that he played in a game that he checked in. See? See? Look at us. He goes completely rogue. And in my dream, I'm like tweeting, Trout burns the red shirt. This is what happens in my head. Why not? You know. Yeah, no, I think this is, we are absolutely. So actually, I'm going to take back a little bit of what I said yesterday. Of Like, if we're playing in the finals, then I feel like UVA is playing with house money. If we were playing in the finals against Miami, then I would not particularly be fired up about what happens tonight. But we're just playing Duke. And that's the, like, th- there is almost like a, sweet, we made the finals. Oh, but now if we lose to Duke, I'm going to be really pissed off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, Kyle Filipowski yeah. gets revenge for Yeah, his, well, I'm not even getting revenge. of just like, God, the narratives are going to be insufferable for the next, you know, 70, 72 hours going into the first round of the NCAA tournament of, oh, here comes Duke. Here comes, and everybody's picking Duke as a four seed to get to the, like, it's just it i can i can already smell what the next four days is going to be like and i don't like it and it stinks and i would really love to beat them by like 25 just to be like no 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 this is still duke from december um but i don't think that's gonna happen um because i don't think this is duke from december they have looked phenomenal the last two weeks yeah i think um the one nice thing we talked i think talked to justin Ferber about this last night is this is honestly is probably a good thing to have this matchup, like the first one since the, this, the incident um, happened now. And like, yes, the stakes are high. Yes, Virginia fans want to win. Yes, it's an ACC tournament title game, like all that stuff. But you don't want this narrative, This because after tonight, the discussion should be done, right? So either Duke gets the revenge and like, see, we were, you know, it's even now when the refs don't help, like blah, whatever, blah, 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 nonsense, despite having overtime at times, whatever. Um, or Virginia wins and they're like, see, doesn't matter. Like done. And the discussion is over. So hopefully this whole, we won't discuss no. this matter. Here's what I consider it closed. It should be done tonight. So here's what I want. Now the, the, the think pieces might follow, but whatever, but yeah. I, this is better to have it now than an elite eight like no thanks. yeah i'll, I'll take it now this is fine if, if he plays duke what i want to happen is for duke to get host again late in the game just to see <laughs> the cry yeah. yes. come out for real i don't like i would prefer that than uva winning by 25 just because you get the you get the acc championship that's what matters and then you just get the hailstorm of Duke being pissed off. And what's like that? I know we obviously there's the Grayson Allen travel. I was watching that game. There was some other blown call in a UVA Duke game that people were in my mentions about. Yeah, we we, we don't have we don't have enough time to go through all of those. <laughs> I was so, like, there's probably a few. <laughs> I'm just like, and then we can pull those out. Um, that's what I'm praying for in this game. Uh, I love have, that. Is, I, I love that. that I, I want chaotic energy. I want it to be on an actual bad, like wrong call this time. Absolutely. Like, it was, you know, like we're uh, not mad. Like we're like, yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. Um, I was hoping when they they rolled uh, Casella last night, whatever, I was like, could have done the ultimate troll move, ACC. You could have saved him for the championship game. Trot out the exact same crew that they had in Charlottesville. That would be the funniest thing ever. <laughs> truly would have been special um i guess we should talk a little bit more about 
Duke the team. As uh, Caroline, you mentioned, Tyrese Proctor has been getting hot of late. Jeremy Roach is always obviously a threat, and he played quite well against um, UVA in Charlottesville and, and uh, did well against Kie in particular, sort of getting past him into the rim. Um, shooting over him, Zach? Did he shoot over him? <laughs> I mean, whatever. Um I think you have to like Reese on Proctor. Proctor's great, but you also have the AC Defensive Player of the Year for a reason. I'm curious to see how they manage the Filipowski matchup because um, it was it was Gardner, it was Dunn. It wasn't really Shudrick, if I remember correctly, um, from that home game. Uh, I assume that will stick. I think Gardner is perfectly fine to start the game for him. I do think that like you'll probably... It depends on on Lively a lot. Like if Lively can play 30 minutes, then that probably dictates that Yuffie needs to play Shedrick and Kafaro for most of the game. If you can get him in foul trouble, if you can find ways to force him off of the court offensively, then I think you can run uh, Gardner and Dunn and sort of see if you can, whoever starts on him, probably Gardner, you can then double him in the post or get Gardner off of him so you can rest him for the offensive side of the ball. Um Paul, I, I don't think we talked about Caden a lot. Like, what are you looking at for, for, for a role from Caden in this game? For me, it's Shedrick and Poppy have 10 fouls combined between them. <laughs> you, you, like, it's, it, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to hurt anybody, but just don't be afraid to play physical. Think of them not as the same player, because obviously they bring different things, but those are probably our, our two best defensive bigs. You know, Jaden has played well, but he's not anything like, the rim protector and he, he's got a four or five more than that height uh, inch height disadvantage against Filipowski or Lively. Um, and so if, you know, Duke's going to be running, yeah, I think trying to take advantage of, of, of their height, especially on the inside. So go man up on them. And, and if that means, you know, you're not counting on getting more than 20 minutes out of either Shedrick or Kafaro because you expect them to be, you know, I, I, we we've seen Tony is a absolute never play with more than two fouls in the first half guy. But if both Cedric and Kafaro get two fouls in the first half, I would want them, maybe not expect, would want them to have a little bit of a longer leash in the second half and be like, look, if you foul out, but make Filipowski make lovely earn anything they get around the rim, as opposed to sending sending undersized post doubles and letting Duke get hot from three. Uh, I think that's a likely recipe for disaster and trying to make metal a little bit. We know they've got plenty of talent, but do they have enough maturity and, and toughness to handle guys like Shedrick and Poppy coming at them for 40 minutes a game? Yeah, I I'll be, uh, I think we'll see a lot of doubles. <laughs> Not a lot. Maybe, but you know, I think it was effective. If I'm remembering the box score correctly from February, the first matchup, I think, you know, I do not expect Filipowski to score zero points. I think that he will be in double digits. Um, I think that he had like six turnovers in the first matchup, if I'm remembering it correctly. Um, but I think, you know, he they've had a month with which to prepare for you know, if he's going to get doubled, whatever. So I don't expect it to be quite that drastic, but they, you know, PJ Hall is a good player for Clemson. Like, you know, say what you about Clemson, their offense, like they, <laughs> I've had this whole moment yesterday. I was like, why isn't Clemson in the tournament field? That seems ridiculous. And then I saw their three, like 250 Ken Palm losses. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Um, but they they were able to fluster PJ Hall or like they were just very they were probably the most effective down low doubles that I've seen from UVA in a while in the in the sense that they knew like the start of them and when they stopped them were was I like perfection. So um they'll try it. I don't know. I you're right, Paul, they're gonna have to like those guys are gonna get fouls called on them because one poppy is big and so he always gets fouls called on him no matter what. And um, apparently Caden, like, cut off every ref at the ref convention, um, and they all hate him. <laughs> so they just – he gets – some of the calls that, that poor kid, he gets hit in the face more than anybody. But apparently he just needs to be able to shoot free throws all by himself, and then they're perfect. Yeah, just let it happen. Yeah. <laughs> just clear just everybody him. out. Yeah, can you guys – don't look. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody look. Everyone stop standing so close. This is my time. But I, uh, and that hey, – Look, real talk, that's another part that Virginia has to do. If they're going to get to the free throw line, make your damn free throws in this game. I know that they can make them. We've seen them make them. We've seen them make them in the past couple of days. Yesterday was much better, um, like, free throw percentage-wise. They were 10 for 16, but if Poppy doesn't go 0 for 2, then that's 10 for 14, which is more respectable than the 62%. 16 for 22 against Carolina. Yeah. And was two really of those done done missed two, which was like, you know, is what it is. Yeah. And then the thing that, you know, Gardner missed two last night, but over the past two games, I think he's 10 for 13. Like that'll do. Like that's yeah. fine. You can give us 10 for 13. Um so, you know, I think and we saw, you know, we've seen them earlier in the season make a hundred percent of their free throws. Like we know that they can do it. And I think once they all got the Y I P S yips in the uh first you came nine for 22 in regulation like that's how you you can't do that again yeah and they got bvp on the sideline to coach him up on the free throws too so i think that should um he, pay some look, dividends. his attitude no I, that, that was that was unfair so that, hard. No, that I know, was I know, mean you're, no you're joking yeah, yeah. you're joking no you're joking but i just it is like i can't imagine you know he's had this whole entire career and he transferred he got a chance to play like you know compete for a conference title in ACC play, win the regular season, and then in practice, like, good Lord, I just, just stop practicing and put them all in bubble wrap. Like, yeah. stress. That, I, the I want to know how it happened. So physical. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, did Poppy fall on it? Like, <laughs> it was definitely a dunk. I, it, I had to be a, a dunk, right? Like the first dunk of his life. And Does he, he dunk? His yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Sorry, this, this is just like, he's catching strays right now for me. Um, I know. Yeah. I um, My God. Do we have, we'll maybe wrap it up with some predictions. I know we don't always do this, but we did it yesterday. And I think Paul and I each predicted close UVA wins. So uh, half right. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, Caroline, I'll th- throw it to you first as the. Oh man, this is this is tough. I'll go first. I think Duke Uh, wins by one or two. I I think I think Duke gets the revenge they've been looking for, or whatever. I, you know, uh, Ben has some friends around the Duke program and whatnot, and he's like, "Yeah, they're all really mad at us." And not Ben, but the people that he knows. And so, like, I, I, well, it doesn't make any sense. They're mad at Virginia. Yeah, I know it's silly. Didn't even call it. Yeah, Um, I still think that Duke Uh, is too talented and. Will just barely beat UVA in a heartbreaking loss. Uh, I have this feeling it's going to be like a Duke seven point that gets salted away at the line. Like 
that it'll be close. Um, or Virginia's moving by 12, and that wouldn't surprise me either. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. I, it's just, you know, just trying to have a good time here in Greensboro. <laughs> just, I, all I want is for everyone to have fun and no one gets hurt. That is my prediction for no one else. My, yeah. yeah, no one else gets hurt. I can't. The, the PTSD from especially playing Clemson in the semis again um, from yeah. DeAndre getting hurt. And that was just like, you know, a freak play. Like it wasn't anything dirty or whatever, but just like it got so physical in that game last night and it got more physical as it went on. And the rest were like, that's fine. And I was like, can we not <laughs> with all of these hard fouls? Because um, I said no. So anyway, yeah, I think it's if Virginia shoots well, this is going to be a competitive game that, you know, we've talked about this before, Zach, that. The long twos and Jaden being able to hit that sweet spot is important to stretch things out. You have to be able to, and he's he's been in his bag the past two games, and I love it. And you just, it's like the, uh, oh man, that's Paul, you better get this reference or else I'm just going to cry myself to sleep in old. Um, there was an old Seinfeld bit where he was like, why don't they make the whole plane out of the black box type thing? He's like, that's the only thing that survives. Like, why don't they make the, you can't make the whole offense out of, Gardner long twos or difficult like you know just you know how I feel about long twos so um if they fall into like doing that early and Duke's hitting threes and whatever it's going to be a long night but I think it's going to be a, a pretty I hope it's a good game if I'm going that was not a good answer for you you're welcome um the line uh on ESPN their spread is minus two and a half not that ESPN is a betting website, but that's where I got the quickest line. Ken Palm has a one-point Duke for win. For, for you, uh, yeah. Duke, Duke, minus, Duke minus two and a half? Yes, Duke minus two and a half. Oh, okay, good. I like that. Yeah. Minus yeah, yeah. Um, sorry if I misspoke there. Uh, over under 123.5 for all our betting friends. Uh, Paul, uh, what you thinking? You, yeah, you're going to win a nat- uh, uh, not national ACC championship? It's the same thing. Um, it's like, you know, it, it's like it, Virginia schools teach Virginia history instead of American history in elementary school because they're the same thing. Um, uh, I, I that yep. Yeah. That happened to me. Uh, my, my, my dad from New York was not a big fan of, of that. Well, my brother and I were going through school. But um, my only rock solid prediction is that I'm going to be upset. Like some like it's it's a game against Duke. It's gonna make it's gonna make my blood pressure rise. Like I'm just I know I'm gonna be angry and I'm just preparing thought, myself for that. I thought there was gonna be something following that. Like I'm going to be no, upset I, if oh no I'm gonna be upset like, if, if not I'm, I'm gonna be upset, upset that no just I'm gonna be upset because it's a Duke game and I know how things go. Um, I you know I I think having seriously having the extra day to see what Virginia has been doing. Um, you know, Clemson had to try and implement it after just seeing what we did against Carolina. And, um, you know, so there's a lot more unknowns. You could throw some more wrinkles in. We, you know, we sort of put more on tape at this point. Um, I think John Shire is a better coach than Brad Brownell. Brad Brownell uh, and I don't think John Shire is a particularly good coach. Um, so I, I, I think like motivations are also so weird in conference tournaments that, you know, you see that in, you know, what we've seen in, in the Big Ten that all of the higher seeds advanced or, or you just get weird things that teams that are playing for their their NCAA tournament lives or, or whatever, um, you know, motivations can be so uh, unequal between teams 
you hope that that kind of levels out in a finals of, of nobody's just a happy to be their team. Everybody wants to to take home the hardware. So uh, say, assume that's equal. And then Duke has the motivation from, from the last matchup. You know, yeah. I, I, if, if you put a gun to my head, I'm saying probably Duke wins. I don't have a good feel of whether that's going to be by five or 15. Um, but I also like, I'm not at all ruling out. We, we keep seeing, Shedrick and Poppy establish themselves as not the go-to presence for the offense, but a presence on the interior that's different from from what we sort of have had rolled out when we played Duke before. And I think it does make some sort of strategic or tactical question marks that are are going to be really interesting to see how they play out. So I, I'm not at all confident in a Virginia win. I'm not going to be shocked if Virginia wins, but I do think Duke is probably at least a slight favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you that I'm going to be, unless UVA wins by 25, I'm going to be annoyed for yeah the 40 minutes. Jeez. Well, it just I, these days. I know, but I mean, like <laughs> you're thinking about you're thinking about lags. You know, you're like, if I don't see my team win by double digits, well, it's not that. It's more just that, like the fact that it's going to be close, and Duke's going to get a couple more calls probably, and Filipowski's going to play well, and it's going to be annoying to see Duke be happy. Like, th- th- there's just like some element of that that is frustrating. I will say, the last time UVA played Duke in ACC championship game. Um, um, I had back-to-back lacrosse games, and uh, I was not able to watch the game, so I might have to just not watch tonight. Um, for everybody's sake, do us all a favor, Zach. Hmm? <laughs> do us all a favor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just certain lines going to going quiet. Um, <laughs> Caroline, Paul, any last thoughts on UVA as they currently are as they're heading into tonight's matchup? I just and hope everybody has has fun. <laughs> I think Virginia puts twenty on Towson. Oh, you didn't yeah. say which. Oh one yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. Twenty five. <laughs> They're gonna do that again. They gotta keep the back yeah. and forth between being in the high teens and being in the twenties. The prophet is does does Patrick McIntosh outscore Towson? Does Xander Dixon? Does Xander Dixon? Does Xander Dixon and like, Patrick McIntosh outscore Towson? They, I think that's a well, look. I'm only saying this close because we said this. They, they thousand had 12 shots on goal against UMBC. Have we said this is lacrosse? <laughs> they had 12 shots yeah, on goal. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just gonna be over here laughing for a while. That is a comically low number. Look, anything can happen, folks. Anything can happen. We know this better than any any fan base in the country. Um, but. Those yeah, small schools had, from Maryland. Um, I think, yeah, they uh, they had they they were offensively challenged um, against UMBC, and I don't know that UMBC is necessarily a defensive titan. Um, yeah. and uh, could be a tough tough day for the Tigers in Charlottesville. Yeah, well, the three of us should be back to talk lax in the next, I guess, a uh, little bit more than a week after they hopefully beat Towson and then have a tough matchup against Maryland. Um, Stay tuned to the blog today. Plenty of stuff coming out per usual with a win, with a loss. Um, We'll be covering it all no matter what. Um, But thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to Paul. Thank you to Caroline for joining me. Um, And yeah, go Hoos. 